Welcome to Matthew Felix, the radio episodes, Travelers on Travel. I'm Matthew Felix, author of the books With Open Arms, short stories of misadventures in Morocco, and the new Porcelain Travels. In February of 2018, what is now my Matthew Felix on Air video podcast began as an internet radio program in downtown San Francisco. The radio episodes, Travelers on Travel podcast, feature segments from that radio show, in which I talk travel with travel writers, journalists, photographers, and filmmakers. I hope you like the show. And don't forget to check out the current video podcast incarnation, Matthew Felix on Air, available here, as well as on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening, and talk soon. Hey, check out my new book, Porcelain Travels, Humor, Horror, and Revelation, In, On, and Around, Toilets, Tubs, and Showers, an Amazon number one new release in four categories, including travel humor, and winner of Gold for Humor in the 2018 Solas Awards for travel writing. You can also check out Porcelain Travels' companion podcast of the same name, which comprises readings from eight stories, including two recorded before a live audience. Porcelain Travels the Book is available in paperback and ebook on Amazon and other online retailers. One evening a year or two ago, I was behind the San Francisco Ferry Building, and I was waiting for a friend to arrive, I think, from Marin, and I saw this guy doing a film shoot on his own uh, next to the water. He looked as though he maybe needed a little help, so I went up and asked, and it turned out he was filming a video, I think, for a National Geographic competition of some sort, if I remember correctly. When I got home, I checked out his website, and I thought it was great. That website was beforeyoudieguy.com. Fast forward to several weeks ago when I was beginning to plan my radio show, and I again thought of Ryan and his website and thought it might be fun to have him on the show. But who exactly is Ryan? Ryan Waters is the producer and host of the web series, Before You Die Guy, like I just said, in which he embarks upon bucket list adventures all over the world, showing viewers what they need to know to do the adventures themselves, and do them, by the way, relatively inexpensively. Ryan grew up in a small Northern California town that didn't even have a traffic light until fairly recently, but in high school, he made the jump all the way down to Brazil, where he was an exchange student for a year. Ryan eventually moved to San Francisco, where, when he is not producing his web series, he works as a boat captain on the San Francisco Bay. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So I was actually an exchange student in Spain oh. and also in high school. I did my senior year a second time. Is that the kind of thing you did, or did you go while you were still? I did mine after high school. So I basically already graduated and I went down there. I wasn't working for credit. So I was literally just a liability in the classroom. I'd right. So you did, but you did basically like a second senior year then. Yes. Sounds like. Yeah. Sorry, that's what that, I did. Yeah. yeah right. I had already graduated. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't help since we share that experience in common, um, that it completely changed my life. Me too. So how, just tell us a little bit. I mean, we obviously want to focus on the website, but I'm curious because I think this all feeds yeah, yeah. into the fact that you're spending so much time thinking about travel now. Right. So tell me a little bit about how spending a year in Brazil changed you and sort of fed your love of travel. So I was, you were 18 or 17. Yeah. There. That's, yeah, I was 18 and I had never, like, this was basically my freshman year of college experience. People have there where they go away and they find themselves or whatever. But it was the first time that I could like kind of come into myself and be whoever I wanted to be. Right. And it was awesome because in Brazil, like people, like they liked what they saw, which was really cool. Like in high school, I was so insecure and I had this kind of like negative talk all the time in high school about how I was like ugly or annoying or like all these kind of negative things. And I went to Brazil and just, I actually almost changed my name. I almost went by Christopher there. 
Interesting. Just, and what, what's Christopher? That's my is middle that, name. That's your middle name. Okay. Yeah, and I yeah. just I didn't think of it until I was already there, and it's like too late. Like, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, I totally was able to like come into myself, and it was great. It like I was rewarded much more for that experience than I was for like telling myself all the negative stuff I told myself in high school, which is cool. So, what so, was it that that allowed you to to really come into yourself and really feel for the first time that you could be yourself? What was it that is it just because you left everything that you knew behind? What was it that that allowed that sort of transformation to take place? Do you think? Going There's like a, I feel like we're stuck in a, we're always in a loop, and it's hard to know where the beginning or the end is. Like we have a loop that we tell ourselves, and we have a loop that people like kind of reiterate back to us of what we've told them. And I think it was like the first step away from that loop of where nobody like I got to start a story from the very very beginning, and do it there, and uh, that I think that's what it was really. Yeah. Yeah. But your love of adventure actually started long before that, right? Like, say, when you were 18 months old? <laughs> yeah, I guess my mom said that I climbed into the washing machine. Okay, so that was my question is, you don't actually remember it. No, I don't remember that. Okay, Mm-mm. damn. I was really hoping that you remembered, because if you look on Ryan's website, website in the About section on BeforeYouDieGuy.com, uh, there's a little... There's a photo, presumably, of him standing in front of the 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 the, the washer at a at uh, 18 months old, and the fa- my favorite quote quote I think God I should do a radio show I'm talking so well today but my favorite <laughs> quote from your website is you said uh, I found my first adrenaline rush at 18 months old when I climbed into the washing machine and turned it on but the quote that I like or the part of the quote I like is narrowly evading live boiling so <laughs> I'm glad and then I was hooked on a young age. Okay, so uh, I'm glad you weren't boiled. Yeah, me too. And uh, but so let's fast forward then. So you go to Brazil. Mm-hmm. That really gets the whole travel thing going. I'm guessing. Yeah. You come back, and at some point, I'm. I think this was after Brazil. You tore three pages out of a magazine. Mm-hmm. So tell us about those three pages and what that meant for you, and um, yeah, just the significance of those three magazine pages. So those three pages. So I, it was out of. I think it was FHM. I don't even know if they make that magazine anymore. I don't even know what that is. It was FHM. like, um, it was like sports bikinis. Like, oh, it was yeah. literally like, oh, yeah. you know, the show Mansers. Was it for him magazine? It might've been no idea. Yeah. It was literally like an 18 or 19 year olds, like fantasy magazine. Right. I do remember this with, now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in there they had a couple bucket list things in there. Uh huh. And one of them was the cenotes in Mexico. One of them was swimming with whale sharks. I think it was. I don't remember. No, what. no, it was. I have them right here. Please I'll tell, tell you me. if you're cage right. Cage diving <laughs> with sharks was one. Cage. Oh, and no, the, that wasn't one either. No, you really don't remember these. No, I don't. I what, thought what that this they? was like a defining moment in them. your life, and you can't even tell me. <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna remind you what they were. Okay, tell the cenotes, cenotes is one. Got that Can one. you tell us what cenotes are? Because not everybody yeah, knows. Yeah. So it, the translation doesn't really help either. It's called a sinkhole in English, which who knows what that mm, is. Yeah. But basically, it's a big. You hike into the jungle and there are these like big pits uh, with vines and water and stuff in them. And you can, they have like stalactites and stalagmites. Some of them you can scuba dive through. They're super, super deep, right? Depends. But they're so not always. Okay. Some of them are. We just, I, I'm still putting the footage together, but we just found one in Mexico. There are hundreds of them. Uh-huh. And some of them are more discovered than other ones. We just went to one that was um, a human cemetery. It had 123 sets of human remains in it from Mayan times. Oh, wow. Could you see them? Well, that's I'm filming episode two of it uh, in the next couple months. We're gonna go down. Going there. back down there to because I went down there. I didn't, I didn't realize that there were remains in there, and I didn't realize that I wouldn't be able to get a mask and snorkel there. So I'm gonna go back with scuba gear <clears throat> and try to convince them to let me scuba dive. 
Okay. Yeah, I already got approval, but we'll see. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah. Oh, wow. That's intense. So Are cenotes uh, freshwater or, or is that seawater that's that's come... They like kind of like goes underground I and comes think back up. I'm not positive. But I think some of them are seawater. It could be this both. This one was freshwater. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And they're very. It's like had a really special little ecosystem of like these little catfish that lived in there that fed on the I don't know bugs that fed on the bats. It was like these three animals that lived in there. It's really all kind of fed on each other. specific symbiotic yep. sort of thing that they've exactly. got going on. Uh, the other two things, just to remind you of your life-changing Please. moment here, was uh, scuba dive between two tectonic plates in Iceland. <clears throat> Excuse me, in Iceland. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope you have a thick wetsuit for for that. that. Uh, and then witness the largest predatory run in the world oh, off the right. coast of South Africa. Africa. How could I forget that? Of course. I don't know. I don't know how you could forget that You know what really, what really um, drove me with this, and I'm sure you get this too, is people saying, wow, I wish I could do that. Yep. You said you've been to over 50 countries. I have been to over 50 countries. And I'm sure you get all the time people that say, wow, I wish I could do that. Yes. And that that right there is like, just it weighs so heavy on me when people say that because I, I, there's truly nothing special about me. I was in Brazil one time. I was um, in between houses, so I, I was I was leaving all my stuff in my godmother's house and essentially homeless, waiting for me at home. And what was also waiting for me job wise was a fifteen dollar an hour job. At okay, home. wait. Is this? Are we getting to your office job? No, okay. not yet. All right. Um, and I was. Living in Brazil, I was in Brazil for a couple months, and okay. our valedictorian from high school sent me an email, and he said, wow, I wish I could have your life. And he's a medical doctor, he's got this huge mansion house, Lots and, of I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, I'm living on minimum wage, I'm homeless, like, this could literally be yours, trust right, me. Right. All you have to do is give up everything you've done, <laughs> give back all your accomplishments, and you could be me. Right. And I'm like, there's nothing special about, the only thing is, is the bravery. And that's what I'm trying to inspire with Bucket Lit, with uh, Before You Die Guy, is the bravery that goes into just saying yes. Okay, and I want to talk more about that. Mm-hmm. But I'm still curious, there's a little bit about the background to get, that leads you to becoming the Before You Die Guy. Okay. <laughs> and so, and uh, you, because you come back from Brazil, you tear some pages out of these magazines Mm -hmm. and but you don't do those things right instead as we tend to do as i did when i moved to san francisco not having a plan not planning on being in san francisco until two weeks before i moved here Mm. i got an office job you got an office job right so how did that office job work out for you (laughs) uh it was actually the office was really similar to this no windows um and i'd never worked indoors before but i was really excited because i was an adult now I felt like all like I was a little bit late getting into the office world, and I it took me a while. But I, I wore a suit every day. I didn't have to wear a suit. But I was like, you chose to wear a suit. I chose to wear a suit because I felt like okay, that's a bad sign. Yeah, I felt like <laughs> now I'm really an adult. This will right, show them, right? You know? Right. And um, I started having panic attacks at work. I my creativity went to zero. My sex drive went to zero. Just all of a sudden, just boom! Like what the what's going on here? This was not working for you, right? And so uh, I built a, not in response to this, just simultaneously, like just uh, nothing related to the office. I Mm -hmm. built a profile on a website called Latitude 38 and uh, I built a profile for sailing and I'd never been sailing before. So it asks for your, it basically connects captains and boat owners with willing and able crew. So I built a profile on there. I put my name and my sailing experience, which I put zero, my mechanical experience, which I put zero. And the amount of money I'd put towards a trip, which I put zero. So you were the ideal candidate. Exactly. Yeah. I got a call within a week from right. these guys saying, right. hey, we're sailing a boat to Maui today. Can you come? And my immediate response was, I'm in a suit, which I elected myself to put on. I'm a responsible adult. <laughs> right. I'm an adult now. I can't do that. And 
And, you know, I thanked him and hung up the phone. And I looked around and I was like, I hate this job so much. And I called him back and I, I said, I can't go today, but I can go tomorrow. And I quit my job at the end of the day. And the next day I was on a boat sailing from San Diego to Maui. It's All a 23-day right. voyage. So that's insane, and that is awesome. So yeah, so tell us a little bit about that, or tell mm-hmm. us a lot of bit about it. We, I'm sure we could do a whole segment on that, but right. give us the highlights of that, because this was obviously intensely transformative, just like Brazil right. was probably, right. in, in different ways. But tell us about that. Yeah, so 23 days, it's, it's hard to describe the, uh, the feeling of going that, that long without seeing land. Mm. That's really hard to describe. Because you don't see land the entire time. Yeah, you said it's the right longest the right Pacific, the right. Yep, it's uh, the longest stretch of Pacific Ocean in the world. And there's no little islands, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. No. And you're with three strangers. Three strangers. You sail 24 hours a day. And that, like, I thought that we would be anchoring at night. That's what, when mm, I first started, I yeah. was like, yeah, I'm sure we'll anchor at night. Like you're going to anchor in thousands of feet right. of water. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Good idea. Right. Um, but again, you've never done it. I would probably it. just assume mm-hmm. that too. Cause yeah. we're, we're tired. We got to take a break. So we'll right. just anchor. We'll yeah. just bring the thousands and thousands and thousands of feet that we brought of right. rope exactly. for our anchor <laughs> and hope it falls sometime right. between now and tomorrow morning exactly. and we can actually, yeah. Okay. Yep. So you're 24 hours, you're, you're sailing yep. 24 hours a day, 24 hours a day, yep. which I didn't know you did that either. And, um, I'll tell you one thing that really stood out to me was the only signs of life out there, uh, which is, that is really isolating that feeling of no, nothing out there. The only signs of life were planes flying overhead mm. and cigarette butts floating by. Cigarette yeah, butts. Yeah, it's disgusting. It gave me a whole oh new God. pet peeve of people throwing cigarette butts on the ground. Cigarette it's disgusting. butts. Now because I pick them up and I just put them back in their mouth when I see it. It's disgusting. Yeah, because they've got chemicals that just don't uh, break I down or it takes forever to break down. I think it's got fiberglass. Fiberglass. Yeah. So That's just evil. Yeah. But you know what? Along those lines, something that, that shocked me that was in the video, because I watched, of course, like I said, almost every single one of your oh, videos, and so I watched nice this one. And as I told everyone in the intro... And as I've been telling the past couple of weeks, your videos are very funny and very oh, entertaining. And yeah. if they weren't, you wouldn't be here. So, <laughs> That's great. Um, thank you. Um, and we'll talk more about your sense of humor and about how, how you kind of come up with the videos. But one thing that I saw in the video that was not funny that's along these lines is you said that while you're on the boat, that it's common practice that you just dump all the trash, except for yep. a couple of things. You don't dump plastic. You don't dump plastic and you don't dump styrofoam. And, but the idea, but even like paper and all of that, everything, everything else, metal, glass, all of, standard practice. You and just dump what, it overboard because because it breaks down. It's, it's basically metal. What, what's that metal all or, but I mean, metal's not going to break down. It does. Is, supposedly it rusts and it breaks down. Okay. It's, it's essentially what we used to do with landfills where we just go, Oh, it's infinite. Just throw it in, just throw it over there. Right. And then eventually like as the world populates and we kind of figure out that like, wait a minute, we got to like exist with this thing right we start going away maybe we should manage this a little bit and what we do now of course i think don't we uh don't don't we have these trash wars where we're selling our trash overseas if they're well Well, it's not even just overseas yeah i just saw something the other day so we do do that i think Mm -hmm. africa gets really screwed um but then i just saw something the other day where i think new york city sends some sort of trash it was a specific kind of trash i can't remember uh, but they send it to Alabama or one of the southern states. And so there was some. And so now there's this city because the whole article right. was about how this city now when the wind's blowing a certain direction, you can't even breathe the air because it smells so nasty. I think maybe it was actually sewage. It might have actually wow. been sewage. And and so there was just this whole idea of yeah, right. this idea. OK, we've got too much trash. We've got too much sewage. We've got too many people, right. essentially. And so, yeah, so now it's, it's between countries, but it's even just within our, within own, country our own country and yeah. different economical situations. Wow. And that's like putting all your own household trash in like a back bedroom that your kids moved out of. It's yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. And that, they, and that your kids are going to come back and stay in. <laughs> right. And it's just there. They have to figure it out when they, when they come back to visit. Right. 
So coming back to your to the trip, and like I said, I'm sure we could talk a whole hour about mm-hmm. this, and maybe we will sometime further down the road. But I like how you ended um, it, the video, or maybe I read this, I can't remember, but you said, uh, "quote He stepped you stepped on board a tiny sailboat with three complete strangers, and quote arrived in Hawaii with an awakened soul." So tell me about how you were different from before you got on to when you got off. And in the meantime, you had the idea for the website. So if you could kind of take us what changed and then while you were there, part B to this question then is how was the website born as part of this change that you went through? So 23 days on a, uh, with nothing to do, essentially, you're basically, um, you're either terrified that you're going to drown. You're just positive. This is it. This is the end. So you were really, you were actually afraid of drowning while you were out All there. All the time. And that, was that expected or was that just some no. kind of weird psychological thing that happens because oh, you're so aware of being so far out there? It's, um, it's like scuba diving. You're a scuba diver, I think, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So with scuba diving, it's really easy to follow the rules, but if you don't follow the rules, it'll kill you. Right. Very quickly. So and easily sailing, it's, um, it's easy to follow the rules, but it's also like stuff happens. Yeah. For lack of a, yeah, stuff happens. So like if you break a mast or something out there, you're kind of screwed. You're like a couple hours helicopter ride would be the best case scenario if you got in trouble. Mm. But um, so, yeah, so that was always a risk is that something's going to happen. And especially in my case that I don't even know these people. Now that I'm a boat captain for a living, I cannot believe that I got on board with unknown boat captains because now I'm the captain. Yeah. And it's like, thank God you didn't know because you wouldn't yes, have done it. Exactly. Sometimes we need that to happen, I, exa- right? You're exactly right. Right. That's what our 20s are for. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And if we're lucky, that's what our 30s and 40s are for too. Yeah. And even our 80s. hmm Depending. So, yeah. But what happened out there was I really thought a lot about why I said no in the first place. When I picked uh-huh. up that phone call, my immediate response without even thinking about it was no, I can't do it. And I thought a lot about why that was that I did that. And it really made me think a lot about what else am I saying no to? Like this was such a powerful, amazing experience. That I almost missed. Okay. So, but tell me, sorry to interrupt. No, you're good. Tell me why you did say no immediately. So you're, you're on this boat, you're reflecting, why did I say no immediately? What did you come up with? What was the reason? I think it's discomfort that like that, that's, that's what bravery is in a lot of ways is like facing that discomfort, going head on into it. And that's where some of the best adventures and best stories come from is going into that unknown. If we just, what, what's really easy, especially in the city, there's uh, like, it's really easy to go to work go to the bars on the weekends, go to work, go to bars on the weekends. And that's, that ends up being, you have no money left over because you spend hundreds of dollars on something you don't care about. And uh, unless you take an active stance, it's really easy to just flow down river. And, and I love that saying, it's or a dead fish Pacific. that swims down, yeah. downstream. It's dead fish that swims. I never, I haven't heard that expression. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's really important to like kind of wake up. And what I realized is like, I'm, this must be happening because it took me so long to get into the office world. It made me realize, uh, this is like people have been brainwashed from a younger age. I, I guess uh, I, in some ways I maybe I had an outsider's perspective looking in cause I was so late getting into the office world. Mm-hmm. I was like, Whoa, this is, this is not for me. And maybe this isn't for a lot of people or parts of it. Like we all have to work. I'm never condoning like throwing I, the idea of putting on a backpack, quitting your job and abandoning all responsibility is ridiculous. I, there's a there's a way to have both of having like an adventure. You don't have to jump on a plane necessarily. There's adventure everywhere we look, but it takes kind of like an, a, a lifestyle choice. Right. To, and to we're going to talk about now. that because mm-hmm. that is a big part of your website and your philosophy is there are certain lifestyle choices that you need to make or ideally in order to facilitate doing mm-hmm. some of this bucket list stuff, yeah. bucket list stuff. But first, 
you're on the boat and you have the idea for the website in the yeah. series. So tell me how that came. So what I wanted to do, I built these, um, I started drawing up commercials for this community that I wanted to build, which was uh, a place where people could go and that we'd have a live feed of like news articles related to, this is, I mean, I was younger, <laughs> but it was basically- Just own it. Right? Just okay, own, it. own it. It's all good. Because so, it got you where you are now. Yep. Right? Yep. So I've got a, lots of really bad drafts books <laughs> out there, like really, really bad drafts. And that's how it happens. That's how it happens. That's how it happens. Yeah. So we uh, it would have a live feed of like news related to um, soul crushing jobs and the effects of that and things like that. Mm. A place where people could post their stories of overcoming their uh, like like saying yes to their adventure, things like that. And it was it, I was going to build like a whole community was the idea. Of course, I have no idea how to web design or make videos or anything. I'm just a you know a kid you know I didn't know anything. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so anyway, so when I got to Hawaii, I decided like, yeah, this is probably a problem that other people like confront and deal with and maybe I could help help people say yes to their adventure essentially. Right. Did that answer your question? I don't know. I have no idea what you just said, but okay. yeah, I'm just going to move on. Okay, cool. Um, Sweet. Uh, but no, yeah, you totally answered the question. Right, cool. And uh, yeah, and so it sounds like it started off initially, this idea was, okay, I'm reflecting on my own experience here. Mm -hmm. I had this soul crushing job. Like you said, mm -hmm. I had this amazing adventure. I know that I'm not alone. Let me see if I can connect other people who right. are in similar situations right. so that we can inspire each other. Mm -hmm. I think that's what you just said. Yeah, something like that. Yep. All right. That's right. So uh, a couple quotes here that just, uh, again, from the site, specifically encapsulating the goals that you um, call out on the site. So you said you want to help bridge the gap between wow, I wish I could do that and actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And then you said, quote, I want to, uh, well, the I want to isn't a quote. So I want to quote, demonstrate how attainable adventure i'm really honest about my quoting you know i don't okay. want to i don't want to put you know words good. into your mouth uh <laughs> demonstrated demonstrate how attainable adventure is to everyone i hope my journey inspires others to find their own path and put aside the countless reasons why later is better than now so two things stand out for me when i look at your website when i look at your series and the videos uh and the text uh one again is this idea that we've just talked about inspiring others it comes up again and again mm -hmm. and i feel like we are living in a probably the most narcissistic age right. that humanity has ever, you know, thanks to technology, which is saving the world and also right. destroying the world in other ways. Right. Um, so you could have just been one more uh, posting all of these amazing videos and Instagram photos and just celebrating your wonderful travels right. and just showing the world, look at me, look at me, look at me. But it's really important to you. It comes up again and again um, to, to, for this inspiration. So, why is it so important for you to kind of share this and help other people to do this as well? It's a constant line that I walk because I'm a one man show. And so every video is like just me. Yep. So it is a constant line that I'm walking of like narcissism and inspiring or whatever. I don't, um, yeah. And it's a, it's a real struggle cause I do not want this to be about me. But it is all about me. So that's a really like hard line to walk all the time. Well, I don't think you can inspire someone without showing them something inspiring. Right. Right. So you, somebody has got to do it. You right. could pay someone, you right. could do cartoons, right. I guess. And then, you know, cause you're, it seems like you're a good artist. You could maybe, maybe what you really need is a cartoon series. I like it. And then you don't have to spend all this money going these places. Yeah. I think, yeah, I may, like maybe really what you need to do is go into cartoons. Yeah. Uh, but the other part, so that the first thing is this idea of you want to inspire right. and it comes across very genuine. And I think also part of it is quite frankly, that you just have a good heart is oh, my sneaky you. suspicion. Yeah. Uh, but then secondly, the um, the time is now. That's mm -hmm. another thing that comes up a lot. Not you know not to put it off. Not to wait until the perfect moment. Right. Not to 
think everything has to be perfectly aligned. I mean, that comes up again in your videos and in the text. So why do you think people put it off? And when I say it, I mean having these, these, these adventures right. that for them are sort of life-changing, they've aspired to for a long time, they're bucket list adventures. Why do you think people, and particularly like people like the, your doctor friend, for example, and I have right. plenty of friends who have way more money than me, mm -hmm. and they'll say the same thing. Right. And, and just like you were saying earlier, I stop and I think, okay, you have a car, you have, I mean, you have a house, you have two cars, you have way more money than I even knew existed. You can do this, but you're choosing not to. Right. So, but coming back around to my question though, why do you think people put it off? I think that uh, putting things on our horizon gives us something to work towards. And that was one of the things that, um, that in the very beginning, I was like, wow, it was really almost anxiety producing for me to think about actually crossing off some of my own actual bucket list things. And when I first started, some of the adventures I'd go on were things that weren't actually really that important to me. I was mm -hmm. not invested in them, and they were just as easy as doing something that was actually important to me. And it was, uh, I, I think that we have these things on the horizon that are kind of like a carrot standing in front of a, of a horse. Like you're just constantly walking towards that. And if you take that away from you, now you have to put new things on your horizon. And it's, there's work in that. And I think in some ways we almost preserve those things. Uh, and I, th I think there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, our, our own emotions that are attached to these things. And if maybe it doesn't live up to our expectations, it might be really scary or awful, or it might start tumbling down other dreams that we have. And so I think in some ways, we almost put these these things out there in front of us to move towards. That's what I think. I think that that is probably a big part of it. I My own personal suspicion <clears throat> here is that I think that some people probably, uh, because you're almost giving the people more credit, I think, because you're almost sort of assuming that the people in question that we're talking about, these hypothetical mm -hmm. people, that they actually are going to do it, but they're almost holding it so precious that they don't want to ruin it or they don't want to necessarily... Um, like you said, they want to keep it out there so that it's motivating them, but mm -hmm. they're not, but eventually maybe they're going to do it. But I'm, I'm thinking as we brainstorm here about mm -hmm. this, that, um, that to do a lot of these things, it does entail risk. It does entail right. sacrifice. It does right. entail, as we've talked about going outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So I suspect that a lot of people don't do it kind of more for those reasons. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of vulnerability. In it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is something that means something to you. If you've always wanted to go see the Eiffel tower, and it, like, it, it means something to you. It's, there's a lot that goes into going after that. And it's much easier to spend your... Nowadays, you can get to Europe for 500 bucks round trip. So, now, so it's much easier to spend your 500 bucks that you would have spent to go and, and finally cross that bucket list thing off on drinks over the, uh, the course of a couple weekends. And next thing you know, you're like, I, you know, I can't afford it. And that's what ends up coming up. Right. And I... I yeah. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, no, no, let's not. Anyway, let's, let's go with that a little yeah. further because okay. uh, that is a section that I have here. So again, and we, we touched on this a second ago, so let's just go there now because I think mm -hmm. we're organically going there. Cool. So it's great to have a bucket list. Right. Um, it's great to identify things you want to do, places you want to visit before you die. But again, judging from your website, that's not necessarily enough, particularly if you're interested in checking off more than just one or two items every decade or so, right? You have mm -hmm. to, or a big part of what you advocate in your series is related to lifestyle. So you can tell us, or can you tell us um, how the lifestyle choices can either facilitate or get in the way of working down your bucket list? And again, we've talked about your, your doctor friend. He's got lots of money, mm -hmm. and yet he's coming to you at the time you're making minimum wage, saying that he's envious of your life. Right. So what is it about your lifestyle that puts you in a position to make this extremely successful, at least on the surface, doctor envy your lifestyle? What were right. you doing to facilitate these experiences and what might other people want to do so that they can do the same? Um, well, it all starts with, with choices that I make every day as far as uh, financial choices. So I, 
am really frugal with my money. I cook, I, I'm, I cook every day. Like there are these sorts of uh, costs add up. So if you're eating out every day, if you're buying new, new clothes all the time and upgrading your wardrobe constantly, if you're trying to compete with your neighbor in the, like, I'm successful, look at me, like, uh, wealth signaling. If you're trying to compete in that world. Wealth signaling. I haven't mm -hmm. heard that expression, but yes, yeah. that's, that's a good one. If you're trying to compete in that world, like, basically, you all lose, is my opinion. Like, if you're, I drive a car that gets me to the same place that your Maserati or Lamborghini gets you. And just to be clear, I don't have a Maserati or Lamborghini. He, he was rock. He was talking about the general you. I'd love to have one, but I don't. I, go if, I, if somebody gave me a Maserati, I would sell, I would it. sell it. Yeah, and invest and, go, and yeah, put exactly. in savings and mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, totally. So if you if you make like specific lifestyle, I would be choices, embarrassed actually. Yeah, it would. Be I would be embarrassed to have such. Like, I would love to have a lot more money than I do. Mm -hmm. I'm not anti-money. I live in San Francisco. Right. I need money. I like money. Mm -hmm. But those sort of extremely ostentatious, what did you call it? Wealth what? Wealth signaling. Wealth signaling. Mm -hmm. That to me is actually embarrassing. Yeah. Even if I'm, a, if, even if I were, you know, some tech gazillionaire, I would still right. just keep it a little more. Right. But anyway, that's clearly well, you know not me. You know what's interesting about that? Or not that us. Or, over the years, I've worked on a lot of boats over the years. And I've worked in budget boats. I've worked in mid-range budget boats. And I've worked on really, really high budget boats. And... Uh, two things that come out to me that I want to talk about with that is one is when you see the the really big budget folks like the celebrities that are coming on boats with me right those people are wearing there's like a what's the word I'm losing those people are wearing there's or? a uh, diminishing returns uh -huh. like basically they buy something that's quality but they don't go past because you get diminishing returns the higher like the price you go right so they'll come in in a pair of uh, like comfortable jeans possibly Kirkland signature jeans from Costco. They'll come in in a comfortable new balance pair of shoes, a billionaire. Uh -huh. This is what billionaires were. Yeah. There's yeah. a great book. Um, the millionaire next door. Have you heard of that? Yes. And they profile the America's millionaires, the sensationalized millionaires that we see like rappers that have like whole shoe collections. And then they're going bankrupt. Right. The, yeah. the average American millionaire has like, they, they spend their money on really specific things, things that are going to make them money or save them money. And that's kind of what I focused on in my own life. Yep is um, things that are going to make me money or save me money. And obviously, Before You Die Guy is a lose-me-money venture so far. but <laughs> So far, but we're, we're going to talk about that. So mm -hmm. frugality is one thing. What else? Mm -hmm. What other lifestyle choices facilitate ticking these things off the bucket list? Um, I, don't, I don't look at my um, frugality as a diet. People mm -hmm. that are on a diet, they're like, oh, they're always going without. Mm -hmm. I, am not, I don't feel like I'm going without. I feel like I live like a king. Mm -hmm. I just don't spend my money on upgrading my new electronics all the time. I make my own things whenever I can because I take a lot of joy out of that. There's a lot of satisfaction I get from making things uh, and creating so, and doing it myself. So like, I don't have, like my brother is really into uh, tech stuff, really right. into tech stuff. So he's got his Google Home and his whole lighting system and his whole, and he's always upgrading that stuff. And There's a lot of money that goes into that stuff. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, completely freaks me out. But what about uh, flexibility? You talked about flexibility mm -hmm. with regards to uh, job choice. Right. Can you so, tell us a little bit about sure. that and how that plays into this picture or can so play into this picture? Most people that, that message me saying, wow, I wish I had more money so I could do the things that you do. Most people that send me those things talk about money. But really, in most cases, the, the average income, I think, in the U.S. is something like $50,000 a year is the average income in the U.S. And in, in, if you're making average money, in most cases, there's money somewhere in your budget to free up travel, 
It depends on everyone's situation is different, obviously. But it, but in most cases, people are spending money on lattes and they're spending money on dinners out and their their car payment and things like that. Um, but in most cases, I think there's money to free it, but it's time that can ends up being the hard one. So right. when you when you go, I don't know, yeah, like most people get two weeks off a year. So I've always chosen jobs when I was when I was working for people. I've always chosen jobs that afforded me a time off. And yes. I, I did a lot of on-call work for a long time. So I did, I basically pieced together from like five or six companies that would call me saying, hey, we need somebody for this. So I'd be kind of like a freelance guy on, I, I did it on boats. But there are lots of freelance jobs out there. Nowadays I do, um, I'm an ordained minister, so I do. Oh, you are? Yeah, so <laughs> do the Universal Life Church. Nice, nice. So, uh, and that's people call me saying, hey, we need to get married. Can you marry us? That kind of thing. Oh, that's awesome. um, (laughs) Here in the Bay Area, they have a bunch. There's a lot of brand ambassador work. I haven't done that in years. Oh, yeah? What's that entail? So it's, um, if you go to like a music festival or whatever, there'll be like big brands like Toyota or AT&T. And you're talking about. There'll be like one person that works for AT&T and then a bunch of other like uh, peons like me. Right. They go in with a a Verizon shirt and say, yeah, you should buy Verizon. I don't, you know, and I'm there just for the day. Because you love Verizon. I love it. Live for it. Mm Yeah. So... Okay, so frugality, uh, flexibility, those are kind of a couple key things. Is there anything that you feel that you really have to sacrifice? The only thing, and it is a sacrifice, the only thing is you have to sacrifice not keeping up with people. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like you step out of the matrix a little bit. You do. If you, feel, if you, if you start taking con- conscious financial choices, you basically cheat the system, especially here in San Francisco. If you're... The whole point of living in San Francisco, the people come from all over the world live here, is for the money. There's so much money here right now. A lot of money. So if you're making that extra, like our, our minimum wage is $15 an hour, you'd be, you'd be a king if you were in Alabama making $15 an hour. But uh, most people take that extra money and they end up spending it on things. And I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying anybody should like, go without. I'm just saying like, make conscious decisions because if you're not careful, it's really easy to waste all sorts of money and then you end up saying, well, I wish I could travel, but I don't. But, when, but your point, though, is with regards to kind of checking or falling out of the matrix is if you're not participating in that, if you're not going right. out and spending all that money on the weekends, then you might not see your friends as often. Some of those friends, you might not have as much contact. You might not be socializing as much. Like if I, like, I'm not afraid to go to, like, if I, don't, if I go to a bar and I don't want to drink, I'm not afraid to not drink. Yep. But a lot of times people get so uncomfortable of the pressure they're like, oh my God, this is they so embarrassing. You're right. here not drinking. Right. Well, I don't, why should I spend 50 bucks on a night that I don't, I want to have the night that I want to have. So it's just taking control of the choices that you have and nobody's sitting there throwing rocks at you if you decide to go out and, and join the group but don't participate in the money spending part. Well, I actually have had rocks thrown at me, but that's another, <laughs> that's another segment. So, okay. All right. So I think we have a good idea of lifestyle, some lifestyle choices that we might want to make um, to help us facilitate positioning ourselves so we can seize our bucket mm-hmm. lists and cross off some things. How do things find their way to your bucket list? Are there certain magazines? Are there, is it just word of mouth? How do you find these things that you're like, I want to do that? I mean, we're, we're inundated with media, mm-hmm. so it's, it's maybe just a glaringly obvious question, but I'm just yeah. curious, are there any kind of specific, maybe off the radar sort of ways that things get to your bucket list, or is it just you're paying attention? And you, and you remember and so since I work on tour boats with people from all over the uh, world, I uh, always ask, I get people from like remote islands that I've never even heard of countries and that, that like there's a, uh, trying to think, I can't think of the country now, but there's a little tiny Island. It's a French Island, uh, off the coast of Madagascar that I just discovered. Mayotte. Nope. Is that, where's, I don't know where Mayotte is. If you say is. it, I'll recognize it. 
but it's a super volcanic island. Yeah. And um, that just made my list. I would have never, the problem, with, the problem with the internet, with searching stuff on the internet, is a lot of people are writing content that they basically look at someone else's oh my top God. 10 list so and much write their recycled. own top 10 yeah, list. There's so much recycling. So it, it, you still need to have uh, like a way to cut through that and get to real quality stuff. And I have like a lifeline of people that I'm constantly interviewing on the boat to ask like, hey, you're from uh, such and such country. Where should we go? What, yep. What's something like really unusual? And most of the time, People say things like, oh, you're in Paris, go to the Eiffel Tower. That's most of the time. You're right. You're like, thank you. But yeah, thanks. I hadn't like, thought of um, that one. <clears throat> like some, sometimes you get these little gems. Like I think, it's the, I think it's in Northern England, the cheese rolling festival, where these guys like break legs and break ankles chasing cheese down a hill. Yes, I've seen videos you know? of this. Yeah. Or the Tomatina Festival in Spain, where these guys climb up a greased up pole looking for a piece of ham at the top, and then they throw I millions think that's in of the pounds Basque of tomatoes country. at each other. Oh, well, the, the, the tomatoes... Where's the tomatoes? That's Buñol. Uh, Buñol? Uh-huh. La Tomatina. La Tomatina. Mm -hmm. And then in the Basque country, they also have, which is up north, they also have the thing where they climb a pole and they have to get something at the top. I mean, Spain's got so many festivals. Oh, it's it's crazy. You could yeah. have a whole right. you know, Spain festival. Mm -hmm. um, before you die, all the places you have to see and all the festivals you have to attend in Spain. Right. Um, but along those lines, because I want to make sure we get to some of your specific adventures cool. because I love the philosophy in the background and how it's came, come to be and how you, you know, the lifestyle stuff and the money stuff. But I want to give uh, our listeners an idea of some of the actual experiences that you cool. have so that mm -hmm. they know what to expect when they go to your website, Sweet. which of course they're all going to do. <laughs> so you sent me a few of your favorites and I think the first one was swimming with whale sharks and Curiously, just yesterday or the day before, I was online. I can't remember where I was, and I saw someone that was touting this. So, hmm. I guess whale sharks are all the rage, but I didn't know. Or they're, I mean, they're they're getting on the radar now. So, why whale sharks versus? Because I think you can swim with whales. I think mm -hmm. you can swim with dolphins. We'll yep. talk about manatees later. Mm -hmm. So, what about whale sharks? Tell us a little bit about those. So there are places all over the world where you can swim with whale sharks. Um, we went. There's a. In, I think it's in May, after the, some full moon off Belize, we went looking for whale sharks on a scuba trip. Because um, whale sharks are big into astrology. Yeah, right. The whole, the whole full moon thing <laughs> is really important to them, I've heard. Right. Yeah. They come and feed on it's some sort of fish that puts off the, its sperm into the water, and they come and feed on that. So what oh. they do is they take divers down there that blast up their regulators in open ocean. And the, the bubbles of the regulator are really similar to the fish sperm, apparently. And so they go out trying wow. to, yeah, and it That's supposedly brings bubbly them. sperm. Or mm -hmm. I guess the, the sperm are like thrashing around or something. I'm trying to figure out how it would be similar to a regulator. I have no Interesting. Idea. Yeah, All right, we're yeah. going to do a segment on the, on right. the, on the physiology of <laughs> whale shark sperm. Right. Who knew? Okay. So we went out looking for that. Did We went for three days in the peak season, it's literally like, it's very specific. It's like the day after, the two days after the first full moon in April or May or something. We went looking for them, didn't find them. There okay. are a few places in the world that are pretty much guaranteed whale shark sightings. Uh, one of them is, uh, they, they have them in Cebu, in uh, Philippines. Philippines. That's where the article I just saw mm -hmm. was, yep. And the, the, the sad thing is, is that from what I've seen in Philippines, especially, is you get, you see whale sharks with scratches and cuts all over them from tourists thrashing around and abusing them right and in mexico i did not go to the, you can do it in a few different places um and did not go to isla mujeres or isla contoy or where's the other one there are a couple other spots but yep. we went to isla holbox which yep. is the most remote part that you can do that right now in mexico and um it's two it's two at a time in the water it's cheap it's like a hundred bucks 
to go and do it. Uh, like, so to put that on your list, it's like, just well, two at a time in the water. Yeah. So they really limit the, mm-hmm. the number of people who are right. getting, uh, who are associating with the whale sharks. Yep. So they're trying to do it responsibly. Resp- yes. I mean, you get, you get to where you're, you do still feel bad for the, for the guys, you know, they're like yeah. they're coming up to, they're not coming up to like see the, the curious humans. They're coming up to feed. So they're feeding on plankton at the surface. Well, and you're lying to them because you're telling them there's sperm here and there's no sperm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's got to be frustrating. That's got to be frustrating. That's got to be really frustrating mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. think there's sperm and there's no sperm. I mean, talk about, yeah, that's, that's, that's frustrating. All right. So that's the, uh, but tell me what's, what's the deal with the whale sharks that we didn't get to that part. So why, again, why whale sharks versus whales or dolphins? Is there something about their demeanor? Is there something about their size? Like what, what's the specific draw to them? I'm just curious. For, for me personally? Uh, and in general. in general, yeah, both. So, both. Uh, in general, I think the whale sharks—it's a draw because it's one of many, many cool things, and it's just—it's just special because it's special. And also, swimming with other types of whales or dolphins is also awesome. Yeah. But you can't do it all at once, so you got to okay. just pick one at a time. That's okay. been a really hard thing when you think about trying to make a list of places you want to go and things you want to do. You got to like—you got to make specific choices. So that's right. been one. Right. Um, the other thing is it's—it's it's relatively inexpensive. Like you can swim with. Um, there's a liveaboard in Norway that you can swim with killer whales, but it's like six thousand oh, dollars wow. to go on a liveaboard out there. Mexico is close; it's commutable. And and when I think of Mexico, I think of fanny packs and white sunblock noses. <laughs> and you can get to some really really your fanny cool... pack today is fine. Oh, thank I mean, you. <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize fanny packs because I heard they actually fanny packs are making a comeback in high fashion. You realize this? I believe that. There's like a Gucci one now, and I, I mean, that. Uh, yours doesn't appear to be Gucci, but it's <laughs> it's still nice. All right, I'm going to jump ahead in the interest of time because I want to make sure we touch on a few other of your cool. adventures. So this one's way different, uh, but you said quote. This was a, quote, a no-brainer bucket list thing. Obviously, obviously, the first time I saw someone put a jetpack on, I knew this was something I got to try. And so, but what you decided to do was compare, not merely just compare, but you decided to pit jetpacks against jet boards. Mm -hmm. And you called it the jetpack or jet board to see which is more fun and better value for the Money Ultimate Smackdown Challenge. Yeah. So tell us about that. (laughs) So, uh, basic, first of all, it's a hydro rocket pack that sucks water up from, uh, from the water. It sucks water up and shoots it out your back. Yeah. And there are a couple different types. There's like a motorcycle type that has a jet pack on a motorcycle thing. There's a, there's a, like a snowboard kind of like that has a jet, the rocket under your feet. And there's a backpack type that has a rocket on your back, like the Rocketeer from the nineties. Yeah. Uh, or the, was it the Rocketeer? Yeah. Rocketeer. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's just one of those, this, this is the exact type of bucket list stuff that I really want to showcase is stuff that, that I look at and say, wow, I'd love to do that someday. Like I look at longingly at someone else and say, wow, I'd love to do that. Right. Because there's so many things out there like that, that it's like, there's so little separating you from doing this. Mm -hmm. You could probably get this with scuba diving. I this was one of my big inspirations for, for like answering this need is people coming to me saying, wow, I wish I could scuba dive. Yeah. But as you know, scuba diving is like a weekend course, depending, but like as yeah, it's but you can do an intensive, basically a weekend yeah. course. It's lifetime certified. It's internationally recognized, you know, and you do it once the certification, you can do it for the rest of your life. And yep. it's like as much as the avid scuba divers, some of the guys that I know that read scuba diving magazines and upgrade their gear every and live five and breathe seconds, the lifestyle, those yep. people will have you believe that this is like, Oh my God, like I'm so special because I'm a scuba diver, but I can tell you, there's nothing special about it and it is available to anybody and it's a really fun sport and it's really easy to do it safely recreationally 
And, but there's so many people that look at that and say, wow, I'd love to do that. And that's yep. what I was doing with the jetpacks. Like, well, it must be, and it's very expensive. It's $120 for 20 minutes. Okay. Oh, wow. For 20 minutes. For 20 yeah. minutes. But it did look pretty fun. It's super fun. And, what's, and the video was very funny. What's, what's, uh, where I categorize that now is, because uh, it was hard for me to swallow $120 for 20 minutes of anything. Yep. Yeah. But if you've ever gone skydiving or gone bungee jumping, that's some of the fastest money you can spend. Yeah. You know, it's a, a skydiving well, is 60 seconds. I'm sorry, but you know, sometimes I'm not sorry, but sometimes you do need to spend a little bit of money. You know, a 120 is a lot maybe for 20 minutes, but in the big picture of this life mm -hmm. experience and checking it off your list and it's right. something special and you're not going to do it all the time, right. then you do need to spend maybe a little more. I mean, and still in the big picture, we're still talking about this being relatively inexpensive. Right. You know, if you think about it, yeah, well, I'm, I'm breaking it down to how much it costs per minute, then right. that's different. But right. sometimes we do need to cough up a little bit of cash, you know, for that particular right. activity, for example. All right. So, again, we're getting slow on time. I want to talk about at least one more experience, okay. snow monkeys in Japan. Mm. Now, this video, I know there are so many cute and cuddly videos out there on the Internet, but this one is really worth checking out. I mean, especially that l the little monkey. Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but the other thing is, okay, so tell us what's the deal with the snow monkeys? Because it's not just monkeys. What are these monkeys doing? They're soaking in <laughs> hot springs that were built for people. Which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. This now, video is hilarious. Go ahead. Have you, have you ever seen any of the memes out there? I have not. Oh, there are memes for these specific... For these snow monkeys. Oh, yeah. so like these monkeys are known. They're, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not... The, I, would, I didn't discover them. No, but, but I mean, they're, they're, no, they're so well known there are memes out there. There are a few funny ones. What's funny about them is that they're, they do all the things that humans do. Yeah. So like when they're sitting in that, there's snow outside. If you've ever sat in a hot tub in the snow, that feeling of like, oh, I don't want to get out. Yeah. I'm getting nauseated. <laughs> my head hurts. I'm sweating and I, I got to get out, but I don't want to because it's so cold. They do that. And you see this expression of like, and they get out and they they start shivering in the snow. Right, right. It's adorable. Yes. And they're so comfortable around people. It's, uh, it's, that's another one that like I looked at, I watched the national geographic special and I saw him and I was like, Oh my God, I got to do that someday. And then I kept putting it up and I was like, let's do it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And so, and I, we did the trip in eight days. Okay. That was um, my next question actually. Yeah. Yep. It was an eight day trip and it was, I thought, I thought I always had the impression that Japan was so expensive Yeah. and it's just expensive compared to Thailand, but mm -hmm. compared to San Francisco, you know, well, that's that's all. a good thing and a bad thing about living here, right? It's you know, I'll go someplace and I'll come back and people say, "Well, was it expensive?" And I say, "Well, I already live in San Francisco. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. so yeah, it was the same. Or maybe mm -hmm. it was a little more. Maybe it was a little less. Even if it's a little less, it's still yes, right. it was expensive. Okay, we have two minutes, and I want to talk just a little bit more about the site itself, more from the business model here. Mm -hmm. And the fact is, you know, right now, like you said, you don't have any sponsors. You're mm -hmm. not. It. This is not a huge income generating, um, right. but you do have longer term plans. And I'm just curious, you know, uh, are you, do you intend to ever get sponsors? Do you intend, cause you talked about also the TV show mm -hmm. turning it into a TV show. So yeah. can you talk to us about the, the medium to longer term vision and kind yeah. of the direction you're hoping to take it? So I have a friend of mine who is a very successful editor in LA that approached me a few years ago before I started, before you die guy. And um, she approached me and asked me if I'd be interested in hosting a bucket list show. And we started things kind of backwards. I, she, uh, we started pitching the show to networks, the show concept. We built a whole, pack, a whole pitch package and built a whole you know, presentation and shopped it around and got some really exciting meetings you know, in the, in the room, as they say. Oh, so you actually did, you met with mm -hmm. people to talk about actually. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she, it was basically because of her context and they loved right. the concept. They loved the show. What they didn't love was it wasn't anything personal, but they didn't love me as a host because hmm. I didn't bring 
a following mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I wasn't or and I and or I wasn't a celebrity. Mm-hmm. So yep. they said That's either come back to us about. with it's yep. exactly right. Um, so they said either come back to us with a celebrity host or ha- come back to us with your own following. So I went around and started basically building before you die guy to kind of find a format, find a voice and that the the ever important platform mm-hmm. right which is why i started doing this show right because same for getting a book deal right. they basically look at how many books now are by famous right. people who may or may not even be literate right. i mean it's exactly. just it's about they want the following and and i and i get it they the the publishing companies the tv companies whoever it might be they, it's a business and it's, they want to make sure that they're going to make money creator. It's right. a, it's like right. the rude awakening you get as a creator is that you just want to create but if you had to choose talent-wise for success, if you had to choose two, one, one of two things, either great marketing talent or great content talent, unfortunately, I think marketing talent will will be content. Talent. No, I always I always say Britney Spears is a superstar, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing against Britney Spears, but let's face it, she's not the most talented out right. there. But it's about the marketing. Right. It's about all the rest of it. And it's also about timing. And my friend, we are out of time. Okay. Thank you for having so, me. So thanks for being here. We have a lot more to talk about. Uh, hopefully you'll come back and we'll have more conversations. Beforeyoudieguy.com is the website. Ryan Waters is the fellow. And uh, if you're here, you can take a boat cruise in San Francisco and maybe maybe you'll get on one of his boats as well. Uh, Ryan, thanks again. Thank you for having me.